Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's Merch Store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage and check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Today is another Discover a New Musical edition, where you, the listener, and me, the host, get to learn about a new show together. And today we are talking about the musical Helter Skelter. And now some of you are thinking, Helter Skelter, the Weber and Fields Broadway musical burlesque show from 1899, is not a new show, Jean-Paul. Well, we're not talking about that show, <laughs> but the Jimmy Dowd... Kevin McCain and Nicole Varden Martin show loosely based on the 1974 book Helter Skelter. To tell us more about themselves, the show, and the Kickstarter campaign they have running, I'd like to welcome Jimmy, Kevin, and Nicole to the show. Hello, everybody. Hello. Oh, hey. Awesome. So now before we uh, get into, you know, the show and everything, I always want to get to know you guys a little bit better. Introduce the listeners to who you are. So I always do a 30-second bio of each one of our guests. So, uh, Kevin, since you are in the top left corner of my screen, unfortunately, we're going to start with you. So who is Kevin in 30 seconds? Who is Kevin? Wow. In 30 seconds? Wow. Um, I'm a music composer and a music teacher and i met jimmy as a student many years ago and um, jimmy hung on to this idea for many years and at one point he called me up and i began to start helping him composing the music pretty simple nice pretty simple straightforward to the point i like it nicole yourself who are you in 30 seconds so i am the librettist for the musical um which is off the back of this album that Jimmy and Kevin have been writing. Um, I've been a stage manager for years, um, but I've been writing musicals for a few years now and writing about Laurel Canyon and just kind of immersing myself in all of the 60s culture and and music. Very nice. And Jimmy, last but not least, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Okay. I'm a songwriter, composer, I guess, lyricist. I kind of pride myself on the lyrics. Um, music wise, I was in a couple of bands, you know, just did a little touring up and down the East coast and I was a lead singer to a rock and roll band. Um, but now I'm just composing, which is way more fun. Actually, you get to do it in your, uh, in your home <laughs> instead of, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm Kevin's student <laughs> first and foremost. From a long time ago. And I'm a father, you know. <laughs> and that's that's the son over there. <laughs> he's waving. It's a podcast, he's but waving. he's waving. I'm just giving you a bunch of no. Awesome. So, again, before we get into it, uh, were you always into musical theater, each one of you? Or is that something you discovered a little bit later in life? Kevin, let's start with you. Well, um, I've had, luckily, I started very young doing musical theater um, as a pit musician. Um, I've done a number of shows. I uh, subbed on Broadway and Off-Broadway. Um, uh, 
basically, yeah, early on at 19, I got to go on my first tour and I got to work in a Carol King show that wasn't beautiful that came mm -hmm. out now. This is an earlier version of that. And it did a short tour down in the South. And um, I really got my hands uh, involved in uh, playing in a musical theater show and the ins and outs of a musical theater show. Nice. Nicole? always been in a musical theater or you know no actually so my background has mainly been um fringe theater straight theater but musicals have always kind of been there on the side for me because i think just you know the triple threat of of what musical theater is you know it's it's the only sort of strange microcosm of work where you can hit people emotionally and and get people thinking as well whilst all the creatives are arguing with each other about how much dance happens here and how much song happens there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've been writing musicals for a while now um, and really understanding the the delicate balance of it is um, it's pretty cool. Jimmy, yourself? Musical theater is where I started. Basically, it's kind of, um they were the first concept albums those things like the um like oliver and annie well annie's later but like they're 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 basically on vinyl that's what they would that's what they would make like they were the first stories on a on a vinyl record so i listened to all of that as when i was growing up with my mom you know big into it and then i joined all the plays as a kid uh and you did stuff like uh the music man and and uh uh what's it called jo joseph and the technical dream code and greece stuff like that and basically just yeah musical theater is where i got my start Very with cool. just enjoying music nice so let's before we get to the show we got to figure out how these three parallel lines met up so how did the three of you get together and then create this show. I don't know who wants to take the beginning. <laughs> it's really weird because um, we were kind of, it, it, the show is really personal and the album's really personal to all three of us, but we were kind of working on parallel planes. So I had been writing about Manson for a really long time. I've got an endless fascination with the case because it's been part of our culture for more than half a century. Um, and at the same time, Jimmy and Kevin had been kind of exploring the, while I was exploring the case, they were exploring the, the emotion and the chaos and, and putting that to music. So at some point in my research and trying to expand my play, I came across their music, um, online and that was kind of the beginning of history we've been working together since 2017 now to yeah to expand that um the album is a two-act album um but we've got the first act ready yeah. for an album launch um yeah and what about the two the two of to you Kevin, i guess Kevin, you want to tell the story about <laughs> what do you want me to tell the story Either way, uh, Jimmy was a student of mine, and <laughs> he was. How old were you, Jimmy? You remember? I think at that point, I, I started with you at fourteen. I, I was sixteen. 
You're probably 16. And yeah. he came to me one day with this idea of doing... <laughs> he'd, always, he'd always loved the book and the movie, Helter Skelter, and he came to me this idea that he'd written a song um, to go along with that. And uh, he was being uh, rejected by his band members. <laughs> and he played it for me. And I said, well, you know, Jimmy, put it in your back pocket. You know, uh, see, see what, you know, I don't know. I mean, don't really... Don't take the advice of people around you initially. If you feel strongly about it, you know, put it in your back pocket and um, then see what happens. And Jimmy they made will, fun of me, man. Right, Jimmy will take it from there. They, I, 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 instead of practicing scales, I would write songs for Kevin, and, yeah. and he was not that happy with that. But, right. but That's he true. was like, "All right, I got to teach this kid." So he went <laughs> went with the, "All right, I'll, you know, what what are you working on?" And I would, you know, I would use the chords he taught me to to write songs, and uh, sure. so I was like, "Hey, I have this song. I watched this movie when I was twelve, and this guy scared the crap out of me. And and here are my lyrics, and here's my song. And Kevin thought it was interesting. I I think he was freaked out a little bit. I think. Were you? Well, no. I mean, listen. Uh, I've always been, any creativity that I get from a student, I'm always you know there to support it. Um, you know, so that, that was it. Jimmy, Jimmy was passionate. Jimmy certainly felt strongly about it. And, um, you know, I always supported that type of mentality. Right. So, yeah, sure. So, so I brought, I, we, he went over the song. He taught me, you know, better way to play it, things like that. And I showed it to my, my first band. Uh, they were called Bad Influence. It was aptly named band Bad Influence. And, uh, I showed it to them and they just laughed at me. They just, they, they were like, we're not doing a song about Charlie freaking Manson. And and then I went back to Kevin and I was like, they laughed at me. They, they were dancing around the room, like, like making fun of the hook and everything. <laughs> and he was like, you know, just keep that in your back pocket. So then, you know, all this time went by and I was basically, I need to, needed to do something. I needed a project because the whole MS thing, you know, stopped me from from really performing live anymore. So I, I, I had this idea, this idea to read the book. I never read the book. I, I just saw the movie. I never really read the book. So I read the book, and I started highlighting stuff. And while I'm, I'm just like, I need somebody to help me. I, I can't do. You know, I'm not as good enough musician, and I'm not. I, you know, I hardly know how to record and not that great. I'm not that great at guitar playing, but I, you know, I can play everything, but it just, so I, I, I hit Kevin up. I was like, remember that thing you told me to keep on my back pocket? Well, I'm taking it out. And he was like, okay. I don't think he took me seriously at first, but you're like, all right, let's do it. It was like one of those dopey things, you know, but then we started doing it and it, worked it just we just song after song just poured out of us it was crazy how long was it in the back pocket for uh, that would, that would be about from what 87 88 until yeah. 2012 yeah essentially yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah so, um, you do the math Twenty four years probably yeah. about I mean, I never, I never intended to do a whole album. I just intended to do a song at the time. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to do a con. I never did a concept album. I've, I've done, you know, I've 
I've recorded a couple of things. I have a couple of records out. And um, I always wanted to make a concept album. And I didn't know what a con what the concept would be. <laughs> I kind of goofily thought, you know, I'll just write an album like there's a play. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll write an album like there's actually a, a musical. And I'll just write all the songs. And in fact, the first song, Kevin, Kevin wrote, uh, this song and, and then some and the first song we we I I what's the word surreptitiously I I kind of wanted to, we have a bouncy G note going it's like sort of like here's our musical a bouncy give me a G a bouncy G and the song just worked and it kind of sounds like a musical so nice so uh you had it in the back pocket for 24 years. Um, yeah. At what point did, uh, Nicole, did you get on board with it? I got on board in 2017. Okay. Um, and, and was I had, it... I had to expand from there. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find them? Like you said, you were doing research and looking, but were you just... You found yeah, the songs? I, or? I found the songs. Um, so I... Like in, in what I was writing about, what I found so interesting with the case was the sort of the wider effect of it in media and the sort of distortions of truth, which, you know, you know, we have post-truth years now with Trump in the US and Brexit in the UK. Um, and we're still kind of all experiencing that mind-numbing effect of chaos. And then this, you know, it was it's it's strange how how we found each other, but it's it seems that there is this. I don't know. I'm going off in a, in a spiritual tangent on it, but I think we did kind of find each other at the right time, yeah. and you know, in what was happening in in the world, being able to bring together both the music and and the subject of what I was writing. And expanding that, but that's like the next stage now. Um, what we want to do with this this album launch is is create this immersive experience for our audience. So people who come along, they get to hear it from start to finish, um, like the greats used to do with the Wall and Ziggy Stardust, Bat Out of Hell. So talk, let's talk about the, the uh, Kickstarter campaign you're going. What what is it? What is it for? And what what are you going to be doing with it? And explain everything about that. We want to uh, we want to make a, uh, a like a rock concert, but not a regular, ordinary rock concert. It, it's going to be like multimedia rock concert where there's a little film, there's a little theater going on. We get the money. There's a, there's dancing girls, <laughs> yeah. and then there's a whole lot of rock, dangerous rock and roll. We'll, we'll play our album, you know. We'll play the album out, and um, that's what. And and it's going to cost money. And I knew it was going <laughs> to cost money. We want to pay the performers. We need light and sound to do it right. You know, we need a light and sound. We have to secure the venue, um, and then you know to make it with the film. And the streaming services, that's that's what it's for. And it all, all the money will go directly into the showcase. And, Basically, and, like a show, a good show. And, and looking... we want people to come down the rabbit hole with us in it. <laughs> yeah. where, where are you looking to put it on? Uh, we're looking to do it at a uh, movie theater. 
um, in my neck of the woods in uh, Belmore, Long Island. Um, <clears throat> a great little venue that um, is very accessible uh, for people in Manhattan and Long Island. Um, and it, it would be a, it'd be very nice, it'd be a lot of fun. We have a lot of musicians lined up. Um, a lot of people, the best part about this is that when we play it for musicians, and for you know singers and actors um we get a good response we get people who <laughs> who want to perform it um and as jimmy said you know it's going to cost money we want to pay them you know fairly and uh and have a number of rehearsals and you know the whole nine yards so so with a kickstarter um the biggest perk, of course, is seeing it this happen, all the, the show and the performances. But what are some of the other perks that uh, people can, uh, you know, get by helping support you guys and the creation of the show? Do your so, rewards, Nicole. Yeah. Same thing. You got it, oh, Nicole. So, okay. So we we've got a number of rewards, and they all kind of accumulate the more that you pledge. So. Um, first off, you can get a link to the live stream of the show, which we're hoping to do. Um, that's $25 for $50. You can get the digital album and the live stream link for hundred dollars. You can get the, you can get a producer's credit for the, um, for the showcase, um, for $150, you'll also get a super, a super secret link to the showcase, which we're hoping if we if we raise the funds, we'll get professionally filmed as well. Um, and then for $250, you'll get a seat at the show plus everything else. And then everyone who pledges, like no matter what you pledge, whether it's a dollar or it's a hundred dollars, you will get a certificate that says that you helped make rock and roll dangerous again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and surely, like that's that's the kicker for everyone, right? Everyone wants to make rock and roll dangerous again. <laughs> Is it not dangerous anymore? I'm curious. Nah. What do you think? It's not. What what it's, happened? Now we're going off a little tangent. What happened to rock and roll? Record um, companies. I think I think we're too jaded, all of us. I mean, they. The, I when I'm talking like rock and roll dangerous, I, I I mean like when they the. The boys would throw chairs and the girls would like sort of like just get so excited they wet themselves. Like they're just like that it was dangerous. They would they were they were innocent, you know, and then they just went crazy, went crazy, and now we're just crazy, I think. That's the problem with it. So I think also I, like the a, a level of like experimental in music, it seems like like we have access to so much, and of course industry has taken over so much um that you know, you hear a lot on the mainstream, but the the creative musicians who are out there kind of get pushed to the, you know, to the side a little bit. You know, and unless you have an established fan base, like I, I went to see Queens of the Stone Age the other night um, at Cardiff Castle. They were incredible. And, you know, they had a, a really cool gestation period with their new album, you know, through the pandemic where they just were able to really hone in on everything and, you know, having the freedom to do that and having the, like being able to push that forward. 
is a wonderful thing, but you don't see that a lot unless you've got the platform behind you. I, I think that's what, like in music in general, I think that's what's going on. I went off on a tangent again. That's okay. <laughs> No, music has become very corporate. Um, demographics, um, how many views you get on YouTube. Um, so the money doesn't start flowing until you meet certain criteria from a corporate right. point of view. And and also, I also think the basically psychology of rock and roll has changed tremendously. I mean, I come from the 70s and uh, and the late 60s, early 70s when I'm start really paying attention. And the music was more introverted. It was more about going inside. And now it's more materialistic. You know, everybody's on a boat, you know. But certainly that has uh, diminished, diminished, I guess, the experimentation uh to go out uh commercially yeah yeah i think uh, uh, most pop songs i think are written by four swedes in an ai computer right? yeah. well, that's, that's absolutely true <laughs> i mean I think, I think you could find their names if you just do a little research i, I think that's all that's right. all from the word they, that the word is they were you had a chance to experiment more you had a chance to i agree you know yeah. and now there's really not there's not that much I don't know. Maybe that. Huh? You know what? Who we should talk talk to is my son. What do you <laughs> think about rock and roll? I think there's still experimentation, but I think that it's a lot. Of, I, I agree with the whole corporatism idea of it. A lot of the music has become corporate in a lot of ways, and I think that um, you need to, especially with a project like this. Uh, be able to experiment, be able to think outside of the box with these things. And and it's hard because not a lot of people, when not a lot of people recognize something or know something, they start to get scared because people are sort of, some people are sort of conservative with their music and they don't, they, they won't usually go outside of their comfort zone, especially more nowadays. Um, so I think that it's really important for the, uh, yeah, definitely the experimentalism of it and making it dangerous in that way. Maybe not in like a traditional sense, but dangerous in an idea of like, you need to get out of um, the same, you know, the same thing every time, get out of your comfort zone. We're seeing that in the musical theater world, right? How many jukebox musicals are happening? And, and you know, you guys as original, you know, composers know how to play instruments, right? That sort of thing are, are battling, you know, all the, and Juliet's and the, the, we will rock you. You know, Queen music is fantastic, but you know, it's it's already been created. Right. And thematically, thematically, you're absolutely right. They're very safe. Um, very. So you, you know, this this isn't. <laughs> it isn't at all. Like we've we've gone like we if we want to be weird, we're gonna go all the way weird. Yeah. And that's why I want to have you guys on. <laughs> I like yeah. weird, I like different, I like original. And there's just not enough opportunity for shows and people like yourselves to get noticed. And that's why I want to have you on to, you know, you know, great. You listen to Andrew Liette and that sort of thing, but this is, this is something different, something new and you should be listening to it. So. And I also throw this in like how I met Nicole, which is huge real quick. I, I never got that. She, first of all, she just thought same. You know, she 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 answered the I, I put out Kevin told me to just put one of the songs out on YouTube. And um, 
I never got, but and and I we did, we 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 produced the song, and I kind of just sort of as a goof said, you know, looking for a play, <laughs> looking. For, what did I write, Nicole? Exactly. A, I think it was originally like songs in search of a a musical and like looking for a a musical writer, and I had been it writing a play, but then also learning about being a librettist like proper right um and then i just reached out when i saw it and went oh heck this is exactly what i've been writing about let's see if we can you were the only one to reach i think you were the only one to to be fair i think i'm probably the only one qualified for this kind of show (laughs) yeah exactly so i mean and we had all these we had conversations upon conversations upon conversations. And then I wrote a letter. I wrote, I hand wrote a letter. I, I was like, I need to impress this, this person over in London and stuff. It was so and, sweet. <laughs> and, and, and uh, I think the first time we, we saw each other, like Nicole was like, Oh, Oh, I feel geeky or something like that. And I was like, so do I, <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? This is crazy. Like, that's how we met. We're just like, what the hell are we doing? And certainly, <laughs> certainly Nicole like, injected a whole new life into it. I Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, we had recorded a good amount of it. Um, but when Nicole's, you know, um, play came along, well, that just changed everything. You know, it was like, oh, wow. Uh, this, you know, it added the energy to the entire yeah. project. Absolutely. A whole different energy to the project that, thank you, Nicole, um, that was just wonderful. Just wonderful. And I think what's also really, really cool, like we started working remotely three years before anyone heard of a pandemic. So right. we had yeah. it down from the beginning. <laughs> That's true. At that time, it really wasn't even going, I wasn't going out at all. I, I stayed, I was in, I was reclusive, like kind of. I, I would talk to Kevin and Nicole and and my family. Those are the only people I would talk. I was really talking to, so I, it's kind of funny. So let's get to the important stuff: the who, what, where, why. How do we find out more about the Kickstarter and your socials and more about the show in general? Take it away. Take it away. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Jimmy did. Jimmy and Colin did all the work. Where's Colin? He's still back there. Oh um, yeah, he's still here. Hello, still there. Man. Okay. So Jimmy and Colin did all the setup for the uh, Kickstarter campaign. No, so, Nicole, 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 and Nicole. Well, and Nicole. It's time a bit. I'm just it's saying. Time a bit. I'm gonna hand it off to those two. Duh. How, how do you get to the Kickstarter? How do you get well, to the Kickstarter campaign? Well, through the link we have, we're gonna have a new poster up on our Instagram or up on uh, my dad's Instagram, which is and Nicole's. Yeah, Nicole's, which is Jimmy Dowd one on Instagram, and then we're just now creating a new TikTok account for the show HSTM Official, which will start posting updates on there for. For the Kickstarter, get over there. We have a YouTube channel, Alter Skelter the Musical, where you can find um, some of actually the older demos of Alter Skelter, as well as the full new album and other such things, uh, other older music videos that he made, and our new Kickstarter video, which is up right now. Um, so yeah, that's there's a bunch of different avenues to find it through all of us. Um, but yeah, it's we also it's have our our Facebook page, Helter Skelter the Musical. 
um, <laughs> which also has links to everything. And we've got um, we've got clips of our table read as well, which we did in 2017. Um, not 2017, 2021. Was it 2021 or 2020? It was 2020 or 21. You're right. It's right during COVID. We did a full table read. Um, wonderful, wonderful. Um, how many was, people were involved in that? It was probably about. I think, 15. I think there were about ten or fifteen of us. But yeah, what's great people. is that, like, mm -hmm. off the back of doing the table read, off the back of, of this, you know, the album and the musical growing over time, is that we've got Carl Bren who, um, worked with us, um, on on the music he's going to be at the album launch mega yesa who's um broadway and west end veteran he's been in we will rock you and he's touring at the moment with um broadway rocks um he was in our table read he's done demos for us he's going to be at the album launch too um it's really great and, and savan as well um, Savan Arbel, who's a jazz singer from New York, and she's been featured in in the album, in our recordings. She's going to sing live too. So we've got a really good lineup of of people. Right. And I was able to do a, um, I did a Who show with Mig uh, down in Florida. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's, um, it was actually, that was kind of coincidental that all the sudden yeah, I, I got this Who show and so did Mig and we ended up <laughs> on the plane together and um, that's it, fun. It was fun. Very cool. Well, congratulations yeah. to all of you on, on writing the show and all the best with uh, this Kickstarter campaign. And uh, we'll, we're behind you. We, you know, we'll keep supporting you and, and put, putting that out there. Cause I think you guys were one of the first shows in the sampler platter that we play. So we've been, you know, playing your the show for a while now and uh, trying to get the word out there so it's it, it, i love seeing that you guys are taking it to the next level and wherever that goes and we will be with you on your journey to help you with whatever happens so congratulations thank you so much thank, thank you so you. much thank you thank you so much no problem all right we were just speaking with uh, jimmy dowd nicole Varden martin and kevin mccain about helter skelter the musical which has got a kickstarter campaign going on so check that out go to kickstarter and put in helter skelter and you'll find it or go to their socials or their facebook or their ig or anything like that to learn more about it uh because yeah I love uh, supporting and promoting new works. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guest about their life, love, and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.